0: Welcome to the Deuce Podcast. I'm Brad. And I'm Jeremy. And Jeremy, we are doing episode 1 to 2 or 122. Add that up, that's 5. Uh, add 2 more to that, that's 7. I'm trying to get to 42, the number 42, but it's not working. Because that's... 42 is one of the numbers <laughs> yes. of conspiracy theories Yes, for the movie The Shining. Yes. The 1980 classic from Stanley Kubrick that many well, people... If Go you ahead. take
1: 1 and 2. Oh. Go ahead. Times 2. Okay. Oh times it's 2. 24. Ooh. And then if you flip those numbers around. That's 42. 42. Oh, it's all connected, folks. It's all connected.
0: Why why are we talking like that? It's cuz we are doing the sequel to uh the 1980 Stanley Kubrick movie The Shining we're doing the uh, 2019 movie that came out a couple of weeks ago, Doctor Sleep. Yes. Directed by Mike Flanagan, who uh did the uh house the Haunting Hill House. Yeah, Haunting on, Hill House yeah, yeah. on uh, Netflix. And he, yeah. Well go ahead, what else? I was gonna say
1: he's got a lot of the you can tell like he's somebody who he's got a good stable of actors and stuff, and so you see a lot of those people show up here.
0: Sure. Like we said, this has Owen McGregor as Danny Torrance. Uh right. Uh yeah. some other uh, like character actors show up in this. Oh yeah. Um, that you might know, and we'll we'll get to that. But it's mostly O'MacGregor is the star of this one for uh, Danny Torrance.
1: Yes, right. Yeah. Um, do we have a plot synopsis? We do. So I'm going to say. Oh, spoiler alert! This an extreme spoiler, extreme alert, spoiler is alert. in. Is in effect. If you're listening to this like a year from now, this is your own fault. Yeah, but like that's fine. At this point, spoiler alert. Right. Yeah, he's only seen been out yet. for a couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah. It, let me let me just say this: we highly recommend you watch this. Uh, so that that's what you said, said, but you know, yeah, we'll get my take, my my hot. <laughs> take. I highly recommend you watch okay. it. And so, if you haven't seen it yet, but you're intending to, please go see it before you listen to this. Yeah. Well,
0: yeah, um, yeah. I would say so. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if not, if you don't, if you just like listening to us talk, what's wrong with you? Yes. Um. That's but my other than my, my, my sweet, sexy voice. It's my sweet, oh, sexy, sexy voice, voice you're hearing, everybody. This is Chairman for the Tooth
1: Podcast.
0: This is Dr. Midnight. All right. Uh, give All me right. a plot synopsis on Dr. Sleep. Okay. It's a little bit longer of one. Well, it is a longer movie. This is a long movie. This is uh, clocks into about almost two and a half hours. I would yes. Say. Which seems to be the norm nowadays of movies. Yeah.
1: But whatever. So, and I think this will cover a lot of, like, we don't necessarily... You know, this this should cover a lot of, I think, the sure. generalities of the movie. So, on highways across America, a tribe of people called the True Knot travel in search of sustenance. They look, harm, uh, look harmless, mostly old, lots of polyester, and married to their RVs. But as Dan Torrance knows, and tween Abra Stone learns, the True Knot are quasi-immortal, living off the, quote, steam that children with the, quote, shining produce when they are slowly tortured to death. Haunted by the inhabitants of the Overlook Hotel where he spent one horrific childhood year, Dan has been drifting for decades, desperate to uh, shed his father's legacy of despair, alcoholism, and violence. Finally, he settles in a New Hampshire town, an AA community that sustains him, and a job at a nursing home where his remaining shining power provides a crucial final comfort to the dying. Aided by a prescient cat, he becomes Dr. Sleep. Then Dan meets the uh, evanescent Abra Stone, and it is her spectacular gift, the brightest shining ever seen, that reignites Dan's own demons and summons him to a battle for Abra's soul and survival. That's a pretty
0: good uh, plot synopsis. Yeah. I would say so. Um, This is what I'm going to say about this movie. This is why we do a podcast about sequels, is because of movies like this that come along. This is an amazing movie, in my opinion. It check marks every box correct that a sequel should be, and that a sequel should be doing nowadays. We will get into why here in a moment, but do you agree, Jeremy?
1: Oh, wholeheartedly, Mm -hmm. wholeheartedly. We uh,
0: and this is fresh on our minds too. We just yeah. we just got out of the movie theater maybe an hour ago. We were driving back and we were like, uh I want to say something, but uh I want to save it for the podcast. Yes, so exactly.
1: there you go. So we are just yeah. bursting at the seams here.
0: But before we even elaborate on that, we are no phonies. Oh I mean. my
1: god, we're doing this. We got to talk, the... okay. talk about. We are. We are Okay, Okay, let's, let's do our thing. We are
0: no phonies, and we're part of the No Phony <laughs> Podcast Network. Tell everyone what the No Funny Podcast Network is.
1: It's a network of podcasts. The end. <laughs> no, the No Funny Podcast Network. So it's the home of independent awesomeness. Ooh. It's just a, a group of podcasts that have come together to support one another and to really like help each other with content. Like we all lean on one another. Um, lots of great programming in there. Everybody tries to help each other out. Um, it, for instance, this month, our featured podcast is A Grave of Crows There you go uh, So it's Jared, Andrew, Steve and Dane uh, Our Welsh buddies They are Welsh Yes uh, So Who are just discussing anything they can yeah. They love comedy They are always have interesting and funny things to say uh, So you should definitely Check them out, give them a listen uh, Or any of the other great podcasts mm-hmm. That are on the network as well
0: So go ahead and do that but uh, we're going to talk about Dr. Sleep here. Like we said before, a spoiler alert is in effect. I guess they have those things nowadays. A spoiler alert.
1: Spoiler alert.
0: <laughs> Where do we go with this movie? Where do you want to start?
1: Um,
0: there's a lot to unpack in this Yeah, movie. there is. And, uh, you know, we might not get to all of it. Yeah, no, there's a let lot. Let me talk about themes that I, I, that I found interesting in this movie. Yeah. This movie deals a lot with addiction. Yes. Does a lot with grief. It yes. deals a lot with uh growing up. It deals a lot with uh just understanding in, in the general uh living, you know, mm-hmm. living and dying. And uh and just what happens is kind of in between. Yeah. Just just everything, right? Oh you yeah. You'd say so. Yes. Um all wrapped up in a nice sequel to The Shining. Mm-hmm. This builds on a mythology. I love you know me. Yeah. When we're talking uh, like our five questions and I say, what can make this better? You know, whatever. I always say, we need to build on the mythology of this. Mm -hmm. This does do that. Yeah. And tenfold and does it in the correct way. And it entertains me, by the way. This is a two and a half hour movie. It is a little long towards the end, but I really was awake for the whole thing. I really paid attention for the whole thing. There wasn't a time where I was like, this is dragging Maybe just a little bit at the end when we yeah. were getting to the hotel. Yes. It was dragging just a little bit, but it really wasn't that bad of a drag.
1: Right. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. it's So the, the interesting thing here to me is like um, it, well, and I'll, I'll come back to it, but like it, I think did a good job of how it used nostalgia. Correct. But without like overdoing it. Correct. There
0: obviously the, this this movie starts where the first movie ends. Yeah. So you, we do get shots of Danny when he's younger, and his mom. Yeah. Now, obviously, uh, what's her bucket? Can't think of her name right now. Uh, Duval. I'm Shelley Duval. I'm Shelley Duval. Shelley Duval is not going to be you know playing the mother, yeah. and the boy is grown up. So we're getting people that look alike. Now, here's where it could have been cartoonish. They could have played these as kind of characters of their former self because these this is such a beloved movie that people know it. You know what I mean? Yes. Um, and towards the end, we get um, uh, Jack Torrance or Jack Mickelson's character kind of as as the bartender, right? Yes. These are characters that we've grown to know. They could have played them very cartoonish. They don't. They actually make them real.
1: Yes. Which I appreciated
0: it so much. And she did sound like Shelly Duvall in a way, but I don't think she was mimicking Shelly Duvall.
1: It was more like embodying. Yes. And it was it was interesting. It was like it wasn't an impression. No. But you can tell the person had listened to her and, like, right. heard how she talked. So it wasn't, like, a caricature of her. Um, but, like, the mannerisms were very similar. The voice, the way she made sense. Like, it was... It, it, to me, it was like, you talk about... Um, uh, what's his name in Chaney... Right,
0: yes, Christian Bale. Yes, where
1: he's not like doing, I mean, not really doing an impression. He he has become this character. And I think the people in this do a good job of becoming those other actors. Like, she was Shelley Duvall, uh, Carl Lumley... You know, he really became Scatman Crothers. Let's
0: talk about that. Let's talk about the performance. Uh, obviously, that he is better known as the voice of uh, Martian Manhunter, which yep, you from the Justice me, League animated series, uh, and also the father of Martian Manhunter in Supergirl. <laughs> yep. So there you go. Uh, but he gets to play the Scatman Crothers character in this movie, and let me tell you what I loved every moment he was on screen. Every time that. Had a scene with uh with McGregor, I was just like, Yes, I want more of this, you know. It's just the, the wisdom of the you know, the whole but again, it wasn't he wasn't doing a Scatman Crothers impression, no, but it was also like he brought this this sort of sweetness to the movie yes. that that you know sometimes was was a little bit lacking in a, in a way, but um, especially. In the darker moments of it, yeah. especially because of the fact that they do, and in spoiler alert, and common uh, and kind of a trigger alert, they do end up killing kids in this movie in yes. a way to gain the the kids that do shine to get their shine so they can uh, live longer and longer. Yes, right?
1: yeah, their steam.
0: So that that gets a little dark there. You know what I mean? But with his character, it's just yeah, I loved every moment of it. I'm like smiling every time. It's just that he's so sweet and so
1: has this soul about him, you know, just in general. And he as a person, you know, he cared in the he cared in the other movie. He cared in the Shining, and I think you see now that that didn't just stop here. That he provided this kind of guidance, and it was almost like this, uh, you know, like you look back with Star Wars, where it's like, okay, you know. Obi-Wan or, or Yoda are still delivering wisdom you know after the fact that the grave didn't stop right. them
0: well you didn't even look at Ewan McGregor in, in the Star Wars movies he's not exactly Alec Guinness right but he's paying homage to him yeah. in a way so there you go um, can we talk about Ewan McGregor for you know a second here in this
1: movie because since he is the main character in this is, can this I actually can I say something before we get too far ahead yeah um, Jack Torrance. Do you know who that was, by the way? Huh? Elliot. From E.T. See, Thomas
0: Howell? It was Henry Thomas. No, Henry Henry Thomas? I yeah. Us, it was Henry Thomas. It was Henry Thomas. It was Chuck Henry Thomas. Yeah. Oh, my God. I didn't realize
1: that. Wow. Yeah, that's it's Henry nice. Thomas. He was excellent. Yeah. I hope this Otherwise is a see Thomas big resurgence for you, buddy boy.
0: I guess so, yeah. For a while there, there was a resurgence of See Thomas Howell, but.
1: Yeah, I see anyway. Thomas Howell, though, so I know, but yes. like I, I get
0: those two confused sometimes. <laughs> Forgive me. Uh but let's talk about Ewan McGregor for yes, a second. Let's talk about okay. him. Um Ewan McGregor is wonderful in this movie. I'm gonna tell you that he is my least like favorite, not favorite character, but like my least favorite actor in the movie. I think everyone in this movie has a moment to shine and everyone gets a moment. Yeah. But for some reason Ewan McGregor and not I'm not saying he did a bad bad job. He does a wonderful job in this. I'm just saying like he's my least favorite actor in this, which is saying a lot about yeah. everyone else in this movie too. I, it's it, almost like there is this, you know, ensemble I, in this that, that that's really good.
1: I find you know, like I think that. Not that he was flat or anything. No, right? no. But I think that's a tribute to like. I think that everybody in here has this like very like defined and great character and stuff like that. Right. And I think that. Danny is, he's been through shit. Right. You know, he's had these problems. He's gone through all this stuff. And I think that, um, I think the way Ewan McGregor is playing him is that it is, he's very much like got this timidity to him mm-hmm. where it's like, he's he's reserved because all his life he was told he has to hide this thing. Right. I'm not saying And so he now that. he's almost like yeah. coming out right later with it. I I think that it's one of those things, you know, like they say uh to act stupid, you have to be very smart and oh, to like, yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. like that's you have it's got a lot you have to like really mm-hmm. I think like to to play this subtle timidness that he had in this movie. Yeah. I think is just a credit to like his acting chops. Oh,
0: I'm not saying he didn't, he did a bad job in this. How many times do we
1: see a movie where somebody flips from like, I'm timid to all of a sudden I'm the boldest, whatever. Look, I'm not, I'm not saying he's, he's bad
0: in this. I'm just saying there are so many good moments in this from the acting itself. Yeah. That I just feel like, he gets a little lost in it in in a way because he is playing that kind of timid character. It's nothing against him acting wise. He's doing a wonderful job doing that. And he's the guy that has to pull it all together to begin with. Yes. So he's doing a wonderful job. I'm just saying I'm enjoying everyone in this movie. He just happens to be the acting that I don't kind of enjoy as much because you're right. It's not as appreciated as much. Let's talk about Rose for uh, for a moment. Um, oh yeah, the I love, Rose. Uh, I love this character by the way, and I love the way that that the actress is bringing this character into life. Um, because she is our bad guy. She's played yeah. by uh, what Rebecca Ferguson? Is that what I, I read? Her yes, name? Rebecca Ferguson. There
1: you go. I uh, remember who that. Who was in the me. White Queen? Right. Um, how did you feel about her performance? I thought it was excellent. Now let me let me tell you. Like, here is my thing. I. I like shades of gray with certain things. Mm-hmm. Um like I like uh you know I I'm not big on like the these people are the exact heroes and these people like sometimes that plays out okay but like I think in this structure so the true knot they're like they talk about them as this like gang of whatever but they're a family. Yes, so th- they are. They are a family and uh that family it just happens to be evil you know just like they're terrible um like a cult pretty much um but but they are a family and so even though there is this uh there is this evilness and whatever and we know that they're the bad guys there's that family aspect so it's hard for me to like like there's there's this little sympathetic piece where it's like you are like your tribe you are this group who's trying to survive or whatever, but it is it's very culty. Well, and so like I think she does an excellent job of also not only not only being the bad guy, but she builds that sympathy a little bit too.
0: Well, here's where the parallels of of the addiction part come in for me because not only is the, the Danny character have his addiction with alcoholism but they also have this addiction with uh trying to stay alive and trying yes. to, to to you know live off the shine that they that they, mm-hmm. they find in people and it becomes almost and they do it more in a villainous way yeah um but it, it is that kind of allegory too in 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 that aspect so there is some motivation that is based on not necessarily rooted in full evil and is based in, in, an addiction. Yes. Especially with her with an addiction of power. Yeah. For instance, they, the, uh, Abra character, they're like, well, should we turn her? And she's like, no, why would we do that? Well, she wants to stay up on top. That's why yeah. she doesn't want to do yes, that. exactly. You know what I mean? Here's, here's, here's someone that could, that could easily be her like yeah. in a heartbeat. And so, you know, why would she want that? She has an addiction to power, an addiction mm-hmm. to being the mm-hmm. leader in itself and they want to stay alive as well they want to stay young and uh and and have you know power to themselves as well yeah and so i love that like parallel allegory in a way yeah and uh and then later on with ewan mcgregor's character uh, he's at the bar um it's a nice scene with the uh, alcoholism popping back up there with that you know take your medicine you know danny yeah you know, he treats him like a kid. and He's like, "No, I'm not going to." And, you know, he slaps it. Um, I mean, I, I thought she was great. I want to see her in more stuff. Yes, but I also just want to see her in that top hat because that hat—that
1: hat rocks. Yes, it does. Yeah, because
0: it's like it's her costume in a way, or it's like yeah. her, you know, evilness. You see that top hat, you're like, "Oh, shit's gonna come go down."
1: Um, you know, and it's like her the whole the whole true not thing is yeah, it's interesting. I actually. Wish I would have known more about more of the individual people with it. Right, we get a um, little bit. Yeah, because like we talk about the like pro daddy. like yeah, like Snakebite Andy. Yeah. As an example, like so, Spot S-
0: Collins, he was in. I oh, no, I'm just talking. No, they, I, they sound like they're they're newsies too. The,
1: snake. So Snakebite Andy was the the one they they show like the recruitment process right. and everything, but she was a pusher. Um, So she could like push people to do things like... Right. Like I wanted to see more like what their abilities... Yes. Well, but pushing um, was from Firestarter. Right. There's a character who can push in Firestarter. So like the worlds are kind of interconnected. But it's interesting because like we catch her. So like we were first introduced to her. She's in a theater. And like Crow Daddy is the one who's scoping her out. He's like the... They, you know, later on, they show him at a baseball game, you know, oh, the, the, you know, the recruits really want to see whatever. That's his job. He goes and scouts them out. And so he was scouting her and realized that uh, her thing was like, she's 15. She meets up with guys on the Internet and... Uh, When the creepy guys come to go hook up with her, Mm -hmm. she uses her pushing powers to uh, basically put in their heads or to rob them and then put in their heads. um, That, like, whenever they see themselves in the mirror, she cuts them and she's like, uh, whenever you see yourself in the mirror, you're going to scream at the top of your lungs, I like little girls, you know, and stuff like that. And basically ruining his life because she had been abused. Right. And And so
0: so it's the addiction of revenge to go into that. And so it's
1: like, it's like, Oh, I get this character. Okay. But then when that is lost, like when this, like, you know, when it's stripped away, Mm. it's about the power piece of it underneath of that. Not necessarily the justice. It's the power. She gets addicted to that. Mm -hmm. And so that's when you start to see her change for like, even worse.
0: Mm-hmm. Let's talk about Abra, the the little girl that plays Abra. Um, I found her quite amazing. Kylie Curran. I think she is a star in the making. Well, um, oh, I think so too. She, you will see more of her. If you don't, then her parents got a hold of her and she's doing something stupid, because this she's a talented young woman. Yes. Um, I love. I don't know if you did, but I. Loved every time that the magic happens when they go into and they try to kind of look over each other and they slide into a wall and then they yeah. boom and they end up wherever they want to look at. Mm-hmm. I absolutely love that special effect. Yes. Uh, it's simple. It's practical, but done in a fun way. Yes. Um, I love when Rose does that and she's flying Mm-hmm. in the whole thing and then when she, she lands on, on the street I'm on the to, street in front of her house yeah, in yeah. front of her house love that yeah. love that inside of her is, is the whole library thing yeah and then she totally combats Rose yeah so like everything like is
1: I think that you know how I talked about the the tibidness of uh, of and McGregor and like how he played it I think Kylie Curran uh, Curran like off the charts, like she had a difficult job. I think she played multiple people too. She had a, she had a difficult job. So, she, for a kid, that was demanding. Yeah. She played, she played where she was afraid. She played, like, I mean, she played all these different ranges of emotion. She played Danny at one time. She played Danny at one point. Yeah. Like, she basically is you and McGregor doing whatever, talking <laughs> about things that she doesn't know. But right. I believed it because she's believable. Right. Like, she does a good job with that. And then, um, Even when she's in her mind and she's acting very like, you know, she acts differently in there versus other places. Sure. Um, You know, and there's like, well, later on, there's a character who is looks like they're going to do something to her. And where most times we'd see somebody being frightened, she just says, don't even try or don't try it and i was like yes i believe that also, character like, is
0: thank you for having her have um a mixed uh parents by the way yeah and like not yeah, not like that's not a big deal like it's just there yeah and I, I know it shouldn't be a big deal but i'm just glad it's not that's all i'm saying yeah that her mom was white and her dad was black thank thank you thank you for just doing that in general yes you know what i mean yeah um let's talk about his friend uh, his friend when he shows up in the town but let's actually talk about the town first yeah uh because when he shows up into that town where he's in New Hampshire a little small town in New Hampshire uh something like that something yeah. like that when he shows up I don't know about you but I fucking loved there was like this mini town teeny town this teeny town yeah that looked exactly like there was one time where he's come around the corner and he's walking and you see the town in the background followed by the teeny town and it's the exact same thing beautiful shot wonderful yes it also added to the fact that this there is there are moments in this movie that are meta that you that you forget about based on the fact of the shining itself from the movie. Yeah. If you're a fan of Shining of the first one, you'll be satisfied with this movie. If you hate Shining and love the book, chances are you might not like this movie because there are references more towards the movie. Yeah. There are especially once we do reach the hotel and then we get kind of uh the the ghost uh, characters from the first movie including the, the 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 groovy twins the creepy twins not groovy twins but groovy and creepy same thing in my book um <laughs> that's all I'm saying but I kind of like the little town the little teeny town thing yeah I thought that was kind of fun but that is kind of meta and it does yeah. kind of highlight that meta is that this yeah. movie is, but I can't think of the, the actor or the character name for some reason.
1: Uh, Cliff Curtis, yeah, C- Cliff Curtis plays is Billy Freeman.
0: Billy, right? Yeah. When they are because they go and look for oh, there's a kid that that dies that they kill for the shine and they go looking for him and they're, um, they're uh digging, you know, to find him. He has this great monologue that just blows me away and I'm like, who's this actor? Yeah, you know what I mean? Because I'm like, I've seen him before. But you should be doing more things because you're delivering that very, the way that you should deliver. You know, it's not necessarily yeah. geared towards necessarily the story. Yeah. It is kind of sub- subliminal through it, Danny himself, but yeah. not necessarily. Well,
1: and, you know, and I want to, I really want to know more about, like, I almost, like, I'm interested no. to see if they. well, no, I'm interested to see if, like, the character, like, in the book. Right. If the character maybe crosses over with another work or something like that. Cause he likes to do that a lot. That's true. Um, I'd be interested if it was so like the guy is, the guy has been in, uh, push. He's been in, um, Oh God. What else is it? Runaway jury. That's what I remember him from. He was in whale rider. Um, you know he's done. He's just one of those Co- guys. Oh, he's in Columbiana. He's been in, been in a bunch of things.
0: Uh, the walk was he in The Walking Dead too? Yeah, he was. He was in really The
1: Walking Dead. You've
0: seen him. You know oh, this guy.
1: Oh, you must remember him as Tick Tick from Ten Thousand BC.
0: I do. I remember. I especially remember him as Tick Tick. Who Who can forget that role of Tick Tick? Tick Tick. Tick Tick. Uh, another character uh, played by Bruce Greenwood shows up for uh, a nice cameo. You go, oh, it's Bruce Greenwood. What's with your accent? I know we're in New Hampshire. We're not in Boston, though. Yeah. You got more Bostonian in you. Well, in a, in a weird thing, Even though you're Canadian in
1: real life. Well, in, in a weird thing, people sometimes move from one town to another, <laughs> and you take your accent with you. You're <laughs> allowed guess. to. Yes, you're allowed to. And so he probably just, he's playing a Bostonian who moved yes. there. Um, so,
0: yeah. Um, and before we get to our five questions, I want to talk about the ending of this movie.
1: Well, actually, before we get to that, can yeah. I bring up a couple things? Um I think the sound editing in this movie.
0: Oh, oh, let's talk about that. Is, when we talk about jump scares, yeah. he knows how to jump scare.
1: Well, it's not and it's not it's like, not a
0: jump scare, it's editing and sound editing. Yeah.
1: It's the the sounds of things. Like the sounds are creepy. They um, wake
0: you up at the right times yes. when, when they're supposed to.
1: Yes, but not in like a, ah, yeah. no, you know, kind of not, way. Yeah. It's like a, it's an appropriate way of doing well, it.
0: Well, when it does, you you don't go, oh, that was cheap. Yeah. You go, oh, gosh, okay. Yeah. Either uh, like the door opens and you're like, okay, that woke me up a little bit. Yeah. Or it's a flashback of yes. the original movie to uh, in a way. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I I totally agree with you on the, on the sound editing of this.
1: Um, and, and on top of that, I think, I think it would, I'd be remiss to, you know, to mention too, like the, the visual appeal of this, I think is great as well. I I think there's some very modern things, but they also do a good job of, uh, they do a good job of, showing things like the pattern from the carpet that everybody knows from shining shows up, uh, like Rose's rug that she sits on when she's Mm -hmm. like in her observation area is that pattern, Mm -hmm. uh, things like that show up. There's like little references across there to the overlook or to like all of these Mm -hmm. different things to the original movie. Um, they do a really good job with that. Right. Um, and so I think not only is it visually appealing, like you should enjoy it just from a visual aspect because they make this great blend of classic, uh, like classic imagery, uh, with, with more modern technologies with like, they do a really good job. And I was so glad they didn't like digitally reproduce certain characters and stuff like that. It was very much things. Um,
0: I think it would have cheapened it, and I think yeah. you would have you would you would have been taken out of the, of the story a little bit. Yes, if they would have done it like that, I agree. So I'm glad they did it like that. No, it was it was excellent. But the I Overlook, mean, I mean, you know, and again, that's when you get the nostalgia of of it. You know, where it comes all together of it. You know, there is a decay of it, which is which is interesting. Uh, aspect of it, and then the lights go up there, every time he walks by.
1: There's callbacks, but not like in a cheap way. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. That's what
0: I wanted to say. Again, this is not cheaply... It's not
1: nostalgia porn. It's... I don't
0: think so. I, I meant to say, uh, when I say nostalgia, I don't mean it. I'm just trying yeah. to give our listeners a view of what to expect. Yeah,
1: yeah. No, there's nostalgia to There it. is
0: that nostalgia that you if, have in there, and you have the this movie. Is not the only thing. You know this movie. Yeah. You've mm-hmm. seen this movie multiple times. If you're a fan of this movie, you've seen it. You know certain scenes, you have them memorized.
1: And actually and
0: uh and they play with that a little bit. Yeah. And actually
1: they take shots from the shining. Yes. There there are actual shots from the shining that they put in like happening in real time. But what they did was they like degrained it, red digitally touched it and everything. So you would not know. Like there's a scene like when they're driving their car up. Yeah. Um and they're driving up at night in the snow. Yeah. That is the exact same shot from the original one. Right. Then they digitally edited it in snow and made it nighttime. Right. So it's supposed to feel familiar because it is actually the shot.
0: Right. But what I'm saying is, once they reach that, you are getting nostalgia aspects of it, but you're getting it, and you're 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 seeing it kind of. You think you're seeing it in the same way. Yeah. But then they trick you in a good way, not a gimmicky way. Yes. Where you're like, oh, because now you got this magic thing in here you're like now you're in someone's they're in someone's mind yes and they're not necessarily at the at the hotel i love that yes you know what i mean because it it plays with you a little bit and
1: it it keeps you on edge so i I quite enjoyed that
0: yeah yeah should we do our five
1: questions yeah we should uh what is the best part of this movie well like
0: i said before the acting is superb you said it the uh sound editing and the editing is perfect The best part about this movie, and I'm going to say this right now. I was going to say this on on our drive home, but I didn't. The best part of this movie is that you need to watch this movie in the movie theater on a big screen. That's the best part of this movie. There's a reason why I'm saying that that's the best part of this movie. Not saying that you can't watch this later on. Don't do it, though. There's so much going on that you are going to miss, even on your screen at home. You watch this on the big screen, well, I mean you want you wanna go watch it. I wanna watch this movie again. Yes. On the big screen. I don't want yep. to watch it on a small screen. That to me, I think is the most important thing because I think right. nowadays sometimes I watch a, a movie preview, I go, I'll wait for that to yeah. to, to come to streaming. Do not wait for this. To leave theaters, go watch it on the big screen. Yeah, agree. A movie like this is meant to be seen on the big screen. Agreed. I agree. That's the best part. No, the not
1: screen. that you won't enjoy it if you watch it elsewise later, but you're, I think you have to savor this one, mm-hmm. like in the format mm-hmm. that it was designed for. Yes. So, um, I think. So I think the best part of the movie, um, like the cast is great. The editing, both visually and, and from a sound point, is fantastic. I think it's... it. It's like it's not too... It, I said before, you know, it doesn't... It uses nostalgia very well and doesn't get into, like, nostalgia porn and all that kind of stuff. But outside of all of that, I think the thing that I love about this most is the mythology. Mm-hmm. And so it didn't... So, it took the mythology because there is mythology in the first movie. There is. But it may kind even of a more. story. And it's it's contained. It's like, you know, I mean, the, the movie's essentially kind of a bottle episode. You know, like it's it's got this location. Glad this wasn't. No, I'm glad it was not as well. But I'm glad we 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 went back to the hotel. Right. But I think that it takes and it honors the nostalgia yes. from the first movie. Doesn't say Oh, actually what you were seeing was this. It honors it and says, this is exactly what you knew it to be. But then there's more outside that world that's happening in the same world. And it blends this and just, it grows the mythology. Agreed. And I, it didn't take me long. Like I was in love with this Mm. like very early on in it. Yeah. And I think I looked over at one point point and i was like i don't know if he's into this as much as i am and then like something i can't remember what it was that happened on screen and i looked at you and you were i could tell like i was i was in. i was i wanted to take yes, it all yes he in. was just you have, so to, you have to take
0: this movie all in. look the first movie is some people consider it a masterpiece and one of kubrick's best movies it's rightfully so that it is there's a lot that he put into it blood sweat and tears he did a lot yeah. for this movie. Fake moonlighting. He the moonlighting. Look, no, no. Hear me out, though. What I'm saying is, like, this movie isn't as good as The Shining. But here's what this movie does do: it improves on the first movie. Yes. It actually makes the first movie even better. Yes. By continuing what we're what we're doing. Yes. By continuing the mythology, it actually makes the first movie even more worth than what it is. Uh, originally, do you know what Agreed. I mean? And actually, answer some questions too that we, you know, yeah, didn't didn't have. I agree.
1: So I like that. I agree. Yeah. And that was question one. That was question one. Uh, so number two, would you yeah. reboot, continue, or cancel?
0: Um, you. There's a moment towards the end where you think that, um, oh no, you know what I mean. This is yeah. this is the end. But um, when, and spoiler alert again, Abra then talks to Dan. And then I was like, "Boom! There's more people out there. There's more people like you out there." He says, "Yeah. There's more people like them out there. Continue this. Yeah. Do whatever you can. The mythology's there. Build it. Do yeah. whatever you want with it. Make this part of Castle Rock. I don't fucking care. Do yeah. whatever. I've never seen Castle Rock, but it makes me want to watch it.
1: Yeah. It makes me want to watch it yeah. too. Um. I would say like, okay. Well, then what a great place to also continue with like." Build off of Firestarter mm-hmm. and then have those worlds merge together and have mm-hmm. I mean they're already intertwined. Mm-hmm. And actually, this book came out of people used to ask Stephen mm-hmm. King all the time what happened to Danny. Uh, like what happens to him after the book? And he goes, uh, well, I you know, I don't know. Or he'd make up a joke. Yeah. And then he started joking about like, oh, he married the girl from the uh, from or the Shining or from Firestarter. Yeah. And then he started thinking about, wait a minute. What did happen to the kids after that? And he started imagining what their lives were like after that. And that's where Doctor Sleep came from. About what happened with Danny afterwards, right? And there's that moment where
0: Danny does say, "We need to take a people. People need to take a stand." And you're like, "Okay, are you making reference to the stand?"
1: Well, and I thought about that because her name's Abra, yeah, and I think it's like Abigail, whatever. True for home, yeah, Uh, Mother Abigail, or whatever her name is. And I was like, oh "My God, are they like connected?" And Who knows? So, so
0: you know, so you would agree. Keep going.
1: I I think so. I, I think, think it'd so be too. worth it. So I think it would be worth it, not just to build the mythology here, but like you could build a mythology that started connecting these other movies that are excellent movies with Firestarter, everything else. Like build that. Yeah. And yes, you have Castle Rock, but you like yeah, you ahead. could Sorry. have. What if you had this like, you know, and, and you know, I love Marvel. And like the Godzilla universe and stuff like that, but like fuck those. Like if you if you build <laughs> right. this I agree, mythology agree. around the Stephen yeah. King universe, like oh, no, don't fuck those. Yeah. But you know I mean like
0: no, I agree. They,
1: they're great, but like you could build a universe off. And of And that's this. why,
0: like I said, it makes me want to watch Castle Rock because yeah. I'm interested in it. We 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 haven't watched it, but you know I've heard
1: great things. We we meant to. Lizzie Kaplan's in the
0: second season. I love her.
1: Yeah. Okay. But like no, this definitely makes. This makes me want to watch that. Yeah, like, it does. This me movie too. makes me want to watch Firestarter. It makes me want to watch everything. Yeah,
0: yeah. Except, needful things that too. Yes. Okay, just just checking. <laughs> okay. Um, Dreamcatcher.
1: Uh,
0: yep. Uh, okay, gotcha on that one. Okay.
1: Well, let's go to question three. Does this movie stand on its own?
0: No, no, and rightfully so. It shouldn't. Yeah. Like I said, it imp- only improves yes. on the first movie.
1: Well, and and we talk about that. You know, you got to have a you know some of the the best sequels don't stand on their own because the the first one is such a solid rock that it, mm. it is a foundation for the next one. Yes, and this movie it doesn't get much more solid than that. Like the first movie is excellent, and this one builds off that sturdy yeah. foundation. Um You know, it's a great movie, but it just, it's not like its own thing. Like, it needs to build on that.
0: And you need to be sensitive when it comes to, like, you know, some people aren't that sensitive when it comes to adapting as Stephen King. You need to be a little bit sensitive about it. Yeah. And this director is not a fan of The Shining, the the first movie. He actually had to be told, hey, to put more in from the movie itself. Yeah. Um, but I think that improves a little bit through mm-hmm. through the visual aspects of this movie. So, you know, it's a, it was a good note for a director that might have been a little
1: too close yeah. to the material. That but uh, I would rather it be that than the other way around. Oh, great. Like That's what I'm saying. Like I'm agreeing because you yeah. could have
0: fucked this whole thing up yeah. and then I would have been like, fuck you.
1: I think they've had just the right amount of right. it in there. So, uh, Does this want to make you watch the first one?
0: Like we said, uh, it makes me want to watch Castle Rock. It makes me want to watch Shining. Yeah. Does not make people want to watch that documentary. Um, but it does make me want to watch Firestarter. It makes me want to watch yeah. certain things. The can I? Stand. Can I say this? Does it make you want to watch The Shining, the miniseries, though? Because I, um, think, who was that? Uh, was it Steven Weber? Steven Weber or or, or the or, other one? Or Tim Daly. It's Stephen Weber. Stephen Weber. Yeah, The Wings. Yeah. yeah. Um, Rebecca DeMornay. <laughs>
1: yes. Um. Yeah, I'd watch that too because yeah. I they always. Well, I like said croquet mallets. So they yeah. said that one is much more faithful to yeah. the original yeah. book than the original Shining sure. was. But um, let me ask you this: Does it want to make? Does it make you want to read those books? Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. It actually, like as I was watching that, I thought because I've never been a big Stephen King. I've never been like a, you know, fan. Yeah. But as I was watching it, I just had this like. Overwhelming desire to like go back and read those now. Yeah, and so like I and I've always dabbled with the notion of maybe going back and reading King again. Never been a big fan. My dad loves Stephen King books. There's people out there that
0: love. Yeah, Yeah.
1: my my dad loved. I remember him reading Gerald's Game when I was a kid. Yeah, and him explaining to me and being like, "What?" And like, I read a couple. I actually read a couple Stephen King things. I did read. Um, oh God, I can't remember what it's called. It's a book that has the short story "Hearts in Atlantis" in it. Sure, um, because that's I love that movie. Does that have
0: Shawshank in it too?
1: Uh, no, no, oh. no, that's something else. The body. Um, Stay by No, me. no, it doesn't. No, that was it's a later one. Okay, um, right. but like that's I I love that one. So I was like, yeah. I'm gonna read that, and I enjoyed that. But yeah. like, um, look, I think the more I've gone on, I've realized that like. Even Stephen King has this great mythology. You know, he has the. He has a
0: big, big universe. Well, he has
1: the Dark Tower series. Right. But what I think a lot of people don't realize is that, like, across all his other books, there's references to the Dark Tower in all of those. Like, all these things have so much interconnection that we don't even know. And, like, I think it's almost like it's been daunting to me to try to pick those up because then I'm like, oh shit, because I'm a completionist. So I want to watch all of those or read all of those. I right. like, I'll, I know I'll be sucked in reading everything. So right. there were two
0: Stephen King sequels that came out this year. This is the better one from what I, from what I've really read. Yes. Because it, volume two basically was the first volume, but with adults. That's what I heard. There was a lot of people that were disappointed in the movie. Some people weren't, and I'm not going to bash those people yeah. that, that, that loved it, but I'm going to assume that this one's probably a better. Interesting. Sequel.
1: All right. Um, sum up your experience in two words.
0: Shine on, baby. Shine You've on. You've been saving that. one. Oh, I've been that saving day. that one for. I should have been since thinking
1: we, about this.
0: Ever since we we left the movie theater, shine on, because this is this surprised me. This surprised me in ways that I was like, I said to you, there's going to be people that might not like this movie, and that's okay by me, because. Um, I don't think people liked The Shining when it first came out. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that kind of grew with it. And I think yeah. that this movie, five ten years from now, will be considered a really good movie. Yeah. You know, even a better movie than 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 it is considered now. I think. So that's my opinion. So shine on. Okay, that's I think so. I really liked this movie. Yeah.
1: Um. I think. Mine is just world building.
0: Well, mine was shine on.
1: I know. I usually try to go punny, and I, know. I don't feel like it in this well, one. Maybe. Like, I only because I was trying to think of a better shine. <laughs> uh, shinola. No, the uh, no, I think that uh, this I don't know. Like, you knew that like when Marvel, Like uh, I'll tell you. The first time I felt like this, I think, at a movie was when I saw uh, Iron Man. Because at the end of Iron Man, they make reference to the Avengers. Um, no, I take that back. It would have been the end of Incredible Hulk. Because they mention end- Avengers at the end of Iron Man. That kind of stuff happens. But when we Hulk doing Dr.
0: right? We're not doing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. When
1: Incredible Hulk came out and uh, at the end, Tony Stark shows up to right. talk okay, to gotcha. uh, Thunderbolt Ross. And I went, holy shit, these movies are connected. Like I knew they were connected, but not like, like I'd never seen anything with this like shared universe or this like things that gave me like oh my god what are the possibilities because now these movies can go all over and we've seen the world that they built and quite frankly like places have tried to duplicate and it just doesn't do it but this is one where i feel like there are now so many possibilities and it gives me this like fire of like i want those possibilities to happen and i think there's huge opportunity to build that world. And not only like, you know, have a bunch of movies like this that build off of that. And then if you want to take a real crack at the dark towers, then go for it. Instead of what we got. Yeah. but Because you built this thing that was in the middle of a story. Yeah. Now you could build on this world and then make that happen. Like, why couldn't you like this to me? opens the doors to yeah. a lot of possibilities. You know, when
0: I first heard that he was writing a sequel to The Shining, I was like, "Yes." And when he when they said it was through the Danny character, I was like, "Yes." I don't know why, there. I was excited about that. Yeah. And so, and then when I when we finally got this, I got excited about that too. And mm-hmm. I got excited because, you know, I don't know, like you, I was like, "Oh, you can go anywhere now." And now even watching this, you can go anywhere, you know. In a way, yeah. there's a little bit of Star Warsy kind of, you know, the, the Yoda-esque character kind of with yeah. now is Danny and yeah. was the Scam Anchor other's character. Yeah. But uh, there you go. But uh, I say go see this movie in the movie theater mm-hmm. if mm-hmm. you really want to get a good grasp of what we're talking about. Yeah, very much agree? right. Completely agree. And you Completely can wait, agree. but yeah. I wouldn't. I would definitely not, and you know, yeah, granted, we we saw a really early movie, uh, the, and it wasn't that packed, and it was you know a couple of weeks out, but yeah. um, this movie needs more, more people going to see it, in my opinion. Yes, and it's weird, and there's weird aspects to it, and I love that's weird. Yeah, it challenges its audience, yeah. and a movie should challenge you in a way. Yeah, it shouldn't be all like this is the way it's gonna be, people. Yeah, you know, but the, we've. We've grown to just be accustomed to that. And I think that's a shame because it just opens up, like you said, a a door to everything. But Any last thoughts on this movie? I love it. There you go. Uh, So that concludes this uh, edition of the Deuce Podcast. But uh, tune in next week. We will be doing City Slickers 2, The Legend of Curly's Gold. World building. World building. (laughs) Another world building sequel. It is. Jack Palance doesn't play... The same character because his character died, and right. So, uh, he plays Curly's brother. brother, yeah, yeah,
1: great. But Jake Gyllenhaal's in it, so
0: <laughs> Jake Gyllenhaal is in it, yeah. He plays the, he plays, the son, yeah, yeah, he plays the son. That was movies. one of my
1: trivia questions. Good
0: job. Uh, <laughs> but until then, remember, folks, that the sequel is king.